Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 4, verse 19. Let's go. We're talking about the family of Cain. Of course, Cain slew Abel, ran and hid from God. He decided to wander. And now we're going to learn some more about his family and, and uh, the destruction that came from that, from deciding to run from God instead of deciding to repent and turn to God. And that is uh, parallel to many lives that I see today where people are running from God and there's just destruction. Um, it's, it's very sad. Um, and I pray that those people would turn to Jesus and find the peace and joy that can be found there, that will be found there. Verse 19, Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Adah, and the name of the second was Zillah. So this is a descendant. He took two wives. This is the first mention of polygamy in the Bible. God never condones polygamy, but rather says that one man and one woman shall become one flesh. There's two sexes, male and female. Uh, male and female, if they're called to, uh, will become man, husband and wife. And they become one flesh. And it's representative of, why is that so important? Because the wedding supper of the Lamb is Jesus in heaven being the groom. Us collectively, all believers from the time of Jesus through the rapture, which has not happened yet, but will. That's considered the church, which is the bride of Christ. We come together as one, as co-heirs with Jesus. So it's representative of that. It's representative of of that one flesh. That's why it's so important. And then it says the name of one was Adah, A-D-A-H, and that means ornament. And the name of the second was Zillah, Z-I-L-L-A-H. One meaning of this name is seductress, which is about right for someone who hooks up with a married man. So he's got an ornament and a seductress, and you can... Um, you know, get creative with, with what that meant, uh, but we'll just move on. And Adah bore Jabal, J-A-B-A-L. He became the father of the nomads, people living in tents and moving around instead of living in community. Because right here it says, he, he this is the back end of verse 20, it says, And Adah bore Jabal, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So he was the father of nomads. Verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal, J-U-B-A-L. He was the father of all those who play harp and flute. So you've got uh, some instruments going on here. Verse 22. And as for Zillah, Z-I-L-L-A-H, this is the second wife or the other wife of Lamech. Remember, he was the polygamist that we're talking about above. She also bore Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. This has the appearance that he was the developer of weapons. And then it says, And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama, N-A-A-M-A-H, 23. Then Lamech uh, said to his wives. Now, someone was method, um, or let's see what he says, said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. For I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. If Cain shall be avenged seventyfold, then Lamech 77-fold. Wow. So here we see the polygamy. Again, he's talking to his two wives at the same time. And it's very interesting, again, uh, as you've heard me in this Genesis study, I've been reading Mormon book, books about uh, former Mormons who converted to Christianity to follow Jesus instead of following Jesus and the Church of Mormon 
and their four pillars and you know they they worship the church and the people and the ordinances and uh don't worship jesus and they believe that you know god the father uh, has a body of bones has a wife has lots of children continues to have children um in heaven really weird stuff but um and they believe in uh, polygamy there if you look through the history of the mormon church and um, then they're and they because of political pressure and societal pressure they have said that they put an end to it but if you go and you look around you will see it uh, rampant um, in utah and in other places um, a lot of the people who are polygamists in that church organization moved to Mexico and different places, and a lot of them have come back and are in Utah, and people just turn to turn a blind eye. It's very, uh, very common there, and um, um, very sad. But that that's and it shows you even if the church has the official stance that no, we don't do polygamy, we don't condone it anymore. They did for so long that it became part of part of their culture. So even if the official rule changed, they you know many of them just ignored it and said no, we're going to continue to practice this because we like it or whatever. And that's the problem with making up man-made rules is that things are going to change over time. Feelings are going to change. It's going to go in different directions. And and when you have the truth of the Bible, you're not going to have that. It's not going to be like, oh, we changed our stance on polygamy and we now think it's right or we think it's wrong or blah, blah, blah. Or we think that, you know, you can change your sex and become a man if you're a woman or vice versa. Or you can uh, marry the same sex or whatever the case may be. When you have the truth, the truth is the truth and it never changes. And that's the sad thing about a lot of these other religions is they're based on feelings and, oh, this is what we think and, oh, we just changed our mind. Or because of societal or political pressure, we changed our mind. That's the danger of so many, well, of every other religion because none of them are, are rooted in the perfect truth. And the perfect truth is Jesus. Remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he gave us the Bible and we know it to be true. So... Here he's talking to his wives, and he says, Listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me. Someone was messing with Lamech, so he killed that person. He learned this from whom? From Cain. Ah. He had the choice to love God and make God-honoring decisions, but instead he chose to be prideful, to place more importance on his own life than that of another, and he took another person's life. And let's read... Eight, Matthew 18, 18, 22, which says, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to 70 times, but up to 77 times. And this is a figure of speech intended to imply infinitely. And Jesus there was talking about forgiveness. So here, Lamech was saying that he himself should be honored. He was focusing on self and pride. He was proud of himself that he killed a man in self-defense rather than a premeditated murder like Cain did to Abel. Jesus, on the other hand, was talking about forgiveness, which is focused on others and humility. So he's saying, I should be avenged 77-fold, so infinitely, like way more than my dad Cain, because I did it in self-defense. Dad did it because he was angry and did it in cold blood blood and murder. But still, Lamech here is focusing on himself, He's wanting to be worshipped. He's wanting people to congratulate him and tell him how great he is, and we call that pride. Jesus, when he was talking about the 77, uh, 70 times, 7 times 70, is, or the 77-fold, was talking about forgiveness. 
And I encourage you, just thinking about that, because I see a lot of it around me and uh, friends and acquaintances who just carry around this unforgiveness. And they let it eat away at them. An unforgiveness is going to eat you away if you have it. It's not going to hurt the person who's not forgiven. They don't even know about it. It's going to eat away at you. Anger is going to kill your soul and drive you to bitterness. So I encourage you to forgive that person. That doesn't mean the consequences of what they did, their actions, whether it's 40 years ago or yesterday, that doesn't mean they're released from those consequences, right? That's between them and, them and God. And if they believe in Jesus, they're forgiven too. And uh, if you're a Christian, I know you've hurt someone before and someone's had to forgive you. I know I've hurt someone before and I'll continue to hurt some people over time just with my, you know, whatever it is, my words or I'm busy and I can't get back to them or something. Um, someone's going to be mad at me for something. And um, I pray that they forgive me. And, and when I do it, I pray that I forgive someone else and I ask that forgiveness. But forgiveness is powerful here. And, and he's not doing this. Lamech is just focused on pride and he's justifying what he did. And we should be careful not to justify what we did or do. And we should never seek to glorify ourselves, but make it all about glorifying Jesus. Um, so which one are you recently? Are you more focused on yourself, your goals, your pride? Or have you been focused on serving others, forgiving others, and denying yourself such that God gets the glory and the honor? And then the last two verses of chapter 4, verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, so he had relations with her, and she bore a son and named him Seth. So she had another son. And now think about this so this is adam and eve right this we're not we're not talking about cain's line anymore we're talking about adam and eve adam and eve they had cain they had abel and now they had seth um cain was the one who killed abel now they've got seth cain's line just started deteriorating right cain killed a man his son lamech uh became a polygamist and killed a man it was all about pride and self and wandering and hiding from jesus and becoming nomads and wanderers and then we get this line of seth and this is important because Jesus came from the line of Seth. Cain lost out on this opportunity. And God redeemed, if he was going to come from the line of Abel, God redeemed this, gave Adam and Eve another uh, child through whom the line would go and Jesus would come from this line. Then it says, For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. So here, uh, Adam is saying, God gave him another seed because Abel was gone, so there's another opportunity for the Messiah to come through him, and this is through Seth. And so it's that redemption, and the Bible is a great story of redemption. And I don't know if you consider yourself to be far from God, but if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and made him the number one priority in your life, then you're going to be far from him, and you're going to spend eternity separated from him unless you make him your Lord and Savior. And if you make him your Lord and Savior then you're going to want to make him your number one priority in your life, and everything's going to stem from that, right? We've talked about this before, and I'll continue to talk about it. Your works are not the root of salvation. They are the fruit of salvation. You are not saved by your works, but for your works. Once you have salvation in Christ, you will want to do good things in the character of Jesus so that Jesus gets glorified, not you. And that's what this is about, that redemption. is taking something that was so lost, it's that you know, story of the prodigal son. The son goes away. 
But he comes back and the father runs out to meet him and hugs him and forgives him and accepts him. And that's the story that we want to focus on is, who am I but a wretched sinner I am? I, was once, one, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Just like the song Amazing Grace says, right? There's purpose to that. I was lost. I was without God. I was making my own decisions. It was about me and glorifying my name. And I found God. And he's like, it's not about you, Mike. This life is about you glorifying me. And when you glorify me, that's actually the fuel, like a fuel, like a gasoline for a car or electricity for an EV vehicle. This is your fuel, Mike. If you worship me, that's where you will find peace and joy more than you've experienced. That's where you'll find peace and joy that others will want. It'll be tangible and people will want to see it. Not to say you won't get stressed out, Mike. Um, you will because you're in your flesh and you've got sins and you've got all these things to deal with. But keep your eyes focused on me. Um, that's what I feel God saying to me. That's, of course, what the, you know, and those are in my own words, but what, the, what God's telling us through the Bible. And I uh, just pray that if you haven't been redeemed by God, accept the gift and be redeemed by him and chase after him. And verse 26, and for Seth, to him was uh, all, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. So this is the grandchild of Adam and Eve, or one of the grandchildren right here. The, at, for the moment, the only uh, grandchild of Adam and Eve. Then man began to call on the name of the Lord. Now this is awesome. From this verse, it tells us that this generation of his line began calling on the, a God at this point. It's interesting, the use of two words right here. It says, then began, right? So right here it says, then men began. So then began. That phrase suggests that until this time, no one in the world had called on the name of the Lord. Many ask if Adam and Eve will be in heaven. I I don't know. Uh, I don't think the Bible answers that question. Maybe it does, but I just haven't put it together. I've read a lot about it and there's some people who think they are saved and some people who think they aren't, but it does seem that the Bible is silent on the issue. And could it be as simple as understanding that this verse right here, then man, men began to call on the name of the Lord. Maybe this is the, f- the, the f- first people who are saved. Maybe Adam and Eve were, but they didn't really call on the name of the Lord. They just were saved either by God's grace or because... Um, they repented at some point of their sin and God forgave them, but they didn't like persistently call on the name of the Lord throughout their life, which goes back to the point, well, if you don't have works to prove that you love Jesus, then are you really saved, right? If someone says they're an apple tree, not someone, some, you know, you look at an apple tree and everybody's like, yeah, that's an apple tree, but there's no apples on it. Or there's oranges. You're gonna be like, that's not an apple tree, guys. I mean, I don't care what you call it. It's, it's an orange tree or it's a, you know, a dead tree or whatever. Um, so, May we have that fruit. May we be like these people, the grandson and this generation that said, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. May we, may we call on the name of the Lord. May we put Jesus Christ first and foremost in our life and let everything stem from that. We'll be better um, spouses, parents, employees, employers, colleagues, you name it. And I can tell you that with certainty because I am. I'm a far better spouse now that I have Jesus in my life. Far better. I'm a far better parent. Uh, than I would have been without Jesus in my life. I'm a far better employer. I'm a far better uh, colleague. And uh, I just, I love Jesus. And I want uh, everyone listening to fall in love with Jesus or to fall more in love with him. Uh, He's the fuel. He's the fuel to our fire. Lord, thank you. Thank you for redeeming. And although Abel wasn't there, uh, giving Adam and Eve another son, Seth. And uh, 
then they began to call on your name, Lord. And may we call on your name today. May we make this life about us. We pity our problems and our little stuff, and it's important to us, but there's also people around us who are hurting way worse, Lord. There's people just in our towns and especially in other countries who don't have enough food to eat. They're being persecuted and killed. They're losing their jobs because of their belief in Jesus, Lord. May we fight for you, being good soldiers, and we fight with the sword of truth, Lord. We fight with love. We fight with the Bible. We fight with the truth. Help us to do that in your amazing name. Amen. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.